Good morning. It's good to see you all. Happy Father's Day uh, to you dads. And welcome everybody uh, to our family Sunday. Been looking forward to having you all together. Um, uh, before I kind of get into the, the message itself, real quick, I just kind of want to see who's in the room. If you are in kindergarten, kiddos, or you're, gonna, you're going to car- kindergarten or anywhere through fifth grade, if you're in elementary school, raise your hand. Can we see y'all? All right. I am glad to see you. How about middle school? Any sixth to eighth graders? I saw one hand shoot up proudly. Some of y'all are like, I don't want to tell you. All right. Welcome. Glad y'all are here with us today. And how about high schoolers or recent graduates even? Yes, look at that. Oh, man, I am so glad to see y'all. Um, how many of y'all are ready for me to ask, stop asking people to raise their hands and just move on? Anybody? Okay, let's do that. Um, so it is uh, Family Sunday. We're in this series on the book of Psalms, and we are going to get to a psalm today, uh, but it's going to be a little different. I want to tell you a bit of my story, um, a little bit about what it was like when I was growing up as a kid, things that I liked, things I wondered about, some tough things, confusing things. Um, we're going to look at three verses uh, from the Bible, from the book of Psalms that God used to change my life in high school. Uh, so we're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to tell you a little bit of my story first. Um, I was born in Hollister, California in 1982, and when I look back on my life, you know, God gave me three very important blessings in my life before I even uh, took my first breath, not including his love for me. In addition to his love for me, there were three things. My parents loved the Lord, my parents loved each other, and my parents loved me. And as I get older and and go through life and having become a dad and and just getting to know more about the world and people's experiences, I recognize more and more just how rare that is, that those blessings were were true in my life and how deeply thankful I am to God that they were true. Um, So I've got some pictures of my family, like when I was a kid or when I was first born here. There's uh, me and my parents on the left. And my mom and I in the middle there. And that's my younger brother, Sean. He's three years younger than I am. And that is my dad. Before I was born in the first few years of my life, he was a sheriff's deputy in Monterey County, California. He was on the SWAT team. And he is literally arresting a dude in that picture. I have no idea who took that picture or how, but I have it. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, when I was in elementary school and occasionally, you know, you get some kid coming up to you saying, hey, my dad can beat up your dad. I was always like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, uh, I have a, a wonderful family and I'm just really thankful for them. I'm very close to my brother. In fact, I talked to my brother on the phone last night for like an hour. Um, so he and I continue to be close. Um, elementary school. Let's talk about elementary school. Here's me in kindergarten. All right. Uh, see, this whole message is just that, just showing cute pictures, the whole thing. That's all it is. I'm going to show you 800 pictures, and we're going to go home. <laughs> so kindergarten, all right, so let's look at the end of elementary school. Here's fifth grade. Clearly the same kid, same haircut, same passion for plaid. Um, Ninja Turtles were my favorite thing when I was in, you know, I think they came out with this cartoon when I was like five or six, the original, um, my absolute favorite of them was Raphael. Anybody, other kids in here like Raphael and your favorite or adults? That's fine. Yep. Got some Raphael fans here. 
I love Ninja Turtles, um, but my, my favorite of, of everything was X-Men. Um, I was a huge X-Men fan, and uh, I have to kind of show my street cred here. I was a huge X-Men fan before there was a cartoon, when all we had was uh, cards, action figures, comic books. I remember my parents, for, as part of my allowance, would let me go to the store and pick out a, a, a pack of X-Men cards if I had you know, done what I needed to do. And uh, I do remember the Saturday morning when that cartoon debuted, and it was like, oh, my gosh, like, they're real. I can watch them actually in, in motion, and it was amazing. There were no movies or anything like that of X-Men at that time. Um, I, I played baseball. That was the other big thing in my life when I was growing up. Loved baseball, the movie The Sandlot. I mean, I remember just wearing that thing out. My brother and I would reenact scenes from the Sandlot in our street um, while playing baseball. Um, kind of the, probably the two biggest things that happened to me in those years, my elementary school years, were that I moved across the country twice. So I mentioned I was born in California. So after first grade, we moved all the way to upstate New York, which was a big deal. I remember being like, what is this white f- stuff that is accumulating on the ground? Oh, snow. I've heard of this. Um, we lived there for just a couple of years, and, uh, you know, that was a big change for sure um, to move there. But the bigger change was when we moved from New York to Texas because I was a little bit older, so I kind of understood it a little more. Um, and it was in the middle of fourth grade. So I was like in the middle of a school year, and we moved to Texas. And I remember um, being really sad. You know, I was nine, uh, let's see, moved when I was nine, about ten, about to turn ten when we moved here. And I remember just really missing my friends and feeling lonely and just adjust. Texas was strange to me. There were all these, you know, words and, and uh, customs that I was like, who are you people? <laughs> I've talked about this before. I remember people talking about Aggies, and I'm like, I don't know what an Aggie is, but I definitely don't want to be one based on these jokes. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> So, but that was a hard thing. I remember my parents bought me a hamster thinking that that would like cheer me up. And I just remember it stunk up my room and kept me awake at night. So it was a nice gesture, but it wasn't really, uh, didn't really replace the friends that I missed and all that. Um, but look, I, I had a, I had a happy childhood and, um, a loving family. And so I'm really thankful for that. Uh, in those years, my elementary years is when I learned about Jesus. It's when I learned that God loves me. It's when I learned that he gave his life for me and that if I put my faith in him, I would get to spend eternal life with him in heaven. And it's in those years that I did place my faith in Christ. I asked him to save me when I was four, and I've believed in God ever since. I remember in those years loving the story of Noah's Ark, Jonah and the whale, always a source of fascination to me. I really, I remember the, the story of Jesus walking on water was really cool, and I remember thinking about that a lot. Um, I also remember in those years asking my parents lots of questions uh, about God. I remember asking, what is heaven like? Is it going to be super boring if it just goes on forever? Um, I remember my dad gave me a pocket knife one year for, for my birthday, and I, and I loved it. And I was like, so in heaven, do I get, like, all the pocket knives I want? I can pick, like, any pocket knife. It was like, it's a totally pocket knife-based <laughs> experience. Um, but I remember also asking more serious questions. You know, my grandparents, um, my great-grandmother who'd recently died, asking my parents, you know, am I going to see her again in heaven? Is she 
going to be lonely waiting for us? You know, things like that, important questions. And I just want to say to you kids in here, it's really, it's good to ask those questions um, and to think about those things. And you can ask your parents these questions. You can ask uh, your small group leaders here. You can ask Mr. Ian. You know, they they all uh, care about you. They want to help you. They want to answer these questions and help you grow in your understanding of of who God is. And I want to say to you parents, don't be rattled by their questions. It's okay that they have questions. Uh, And I would actually encourage you to proactively invite the questions. You know, what questions do you have about God? Have you been thinking about anything lately? Does anything confuse you? And just kind of try to discover what they're wrestling with. And if you want some resources on that front, if you go to our Next Gen page on our website, we actually have some books and resources that are great places to start in encouraging questions um, from your kids. Middle school. Shall we continue? All right. I loved middle school. All right. Here's Ryan, the eighth grader. Oh, yeah. Look at that polo. Um, I, <laughs> I was really into sports in middle school. I played, like, every sport. Loved baseball. I have to say, I, my team was the Baltimore Orioles, and we were sponsored by Harley Davidson. Is that not the best youth sponsor ever, orange and black patch right on there? Um, I, I, I was pretty good at baseball, football and basketball. Okay. Uh, actually, they went in descending order. I was pretty great at baseball. I was okay Basketball, not so much, uh, but I was there. And uh, but I enjoyed I enjoyed middle school. Middle school is when my friendships became really important in my life. When my friends became kind of central to my world. Um, and something really important happened to me in middle school, and it was that I discovered my love for music. Um, some of you, uh, well, actually, I'll say this: there were kind of two ways that I discovered that I love music. I got into band, and I loved playing music. I loved playing music with other musicians. Um, I also just started really getting into my own music, like on the radio. I wanted, this is my music, you know. Forget what you're listening to, Mom and Dad. That's all well and good, but I want my music. And so I just loved music. And and some of you middle schoolers here in the room, uh, you may be discovering something like that right now, things that you're interested in or talents that you have. Maybe it's sports or band or theater or art or dance or some kind of academic competition. Um, For me, that was music. It was like when I discovered that, it was like, wow, music is it. Um, And so I loved listening to my own music. I would go buy CDs, save up my money and buy CDs. For you kids, CDs are this ancient technology um, of of a bygone era in which you would have to go physically to a store and just hope they had it. And they may not. And then you just go home, I guess. And, and even if you just wanted one song, guess what? You're buying all 16 of them. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, if you were lucky and they didn't have the CD, you might ask the person working there, hey, can you call this other store? Maybe they'll have it. And maybe they would be nice to you and do it. And, by the way, you didn't have a phone. Um, so, anyway, I would buy CDs of my own music. Um, and, and I would say in these years, in the same way that music was kind of becoming my own, I was discovering my own interest in music. Um, Church was kind of becoming my own a little bit, too, uh, in the sense that I wasn't just going because my parents said, get in the car. Uh, I actually found myself interested in some of the things happening at church. I would go to to camps and lock-ins and events, and I would invite my friends. And um, I still believed in Jesus. I believed that God loved me. Uh, but I would say, looking back on those years, I, I don't think that 
um, God was sort of central to my life. Uh, I, I wish he would have been, but I think most of my focus in those years was mainly on my friends, sports, music, activities at school, and those things aren't bad, those, those things. Um, and, but God was there, and I believed in him, but I think he was a little bit in the background. Um, and may, may, maybe some of you feel that way now, or you have felt that way, that you, know, you believe in God, you believe he's real, but he's just sort of one piece of your life. Uh, alongside many others rather than kind of foundational and central to your life. Um, and if you've been feeling that way, I, I certainly remember what that felt like as well. High school. All right, let's keep going. Everybody has that awkward school picture, that one picture or maybe multiple. Mine was my freshman year. Are you ready for it? Ninth grade Ryan. Oh, still with the polos and the unapologetically zipped all the way up. Um, Ninth grade. All right. Tenth grade. Okay. My face says, let's get this over with. All right. <laughs> I was not happy to be there, I don't think. Eleventh um, grade. Here's where it gets really 90s. All right. I, my face there says, take your time. I'm good. Um, note the obligatory late 90s hemp necklace. First appearance. Um and then 12th grade, the obligatory tuxedo picture. Not really a tuxedo, though, because if you zoomed out, you'd see I was wearing Abercrombie car- cargo shorts because uh, that was like yeah, that was like an assembly line. They get in here, put the jacket on, take your picture, get out. Um, in high school, uh, when I look back on kind of what I was interested in, sports, I was still involved in sports, but uh, the importance started to fade in my life. I was more interested in other things like my studies and grades, and I, I cared too much, I think, about grades, but that was really, really important to me. Um, and grades are important, but it, I, I think it took a real central place in my life at that point, maybe more than it should have. Um, some of my favorite subjects were history and English. I had this great class all the way through high school that paired literature and history. So we'd read, you know, for example, Animal Farm and then read about, study about the Russian Revolution and history. We just kind of went through history that way, reading literature and history at the same time. I loved it. Um, but, but in high school, music just took center stage. I mean, that was it. If you knew me in high school, you knew me as a musician. That, that was my reputation. That's what I was into. I was in marching band. I was in concert band. I was in jazz band. At home, I began learning guitar um, I guess my mom took this picture. I don't know. Somebody. I, that was a common sight in my house was me practicing guitar. I was also trying to learn drums because I wanted to play songs I heard on the radio. I mean, I liked being in band, but I wanted to play songs that I liked. Um, I got my senior high school yearbook out this this week, and there were two candid photos of me in the whole yearbook. And these are them. They both feature me with a guitar in my hand. So um, the middle one is in my AP biology class. I'm on the far right. I have no memory of this, but the caption says, singing the photosynthesis song, which I don't remember and also sounds like the worst song ever. Um, (laughs) Yes, it's awful. Um, Probably my guess is that we had some project to do, and I was like, we'll just write a song. It'll take like five minutes. That's my guess, but I don't really remember it. And then this other picture over here was, me with some friends, we started a little band in high school, and we were playing, and um, I have a Blink-182 shirt on, and also the hemp necklace in the picture 
Can y'all see it? There it is. It was an ever-present reality. All right, raise your hand if you had a hemp necklace in high school. I am not the only one. Be honest, people. Okay, we have a concentration of hemp (laughs) necklaces back here. I saw one over here. Okay. So God gave me this deep passion for music, um, and it really came alive in high school. But what I didn't know is that part of God's plan was to use music to draw me close to himself and to draw me into the life of the church. Um, Some of you have heard this story before, but I'll I'll share it again quickly. There was a life-changing day that happened when I was a sophomore um, at church. So at church, because I love music so much, I got recruited into being a part of the band in the, like, adult worship service. And I would play every service, which meant I never went to the youth ministry. Like, I was disconnected from the youth ministry. I was basically hanging around with 40-year-olds every, every Sunday. Nothing, nothing against 40-year-olds. But at that time, that was an old person. Um, and I was not connected to kids my age at, at um, church. And my mom conspired, without my knowledge, with the youth pastor, guy's name is Mark, to find a way to hook me back into the youth ministry. And so one Sunday I'm sitting backstage, went to kind of a, a large church, and there's this backstage kind of green room area, and I'm sitting there, and this youth pastor, who I knew a little bit, just walks in the room, and he has a video camera, and yes, it was that kind of video camera, and uh, on the shoulder, and he says, hey, Ryan, I'm doing an, uh, interviews with students about something, some current event. And he's like, I just want to get different viewpoints. Do you mind if I kind of interview you a little bit? And I was like, sure. And so he, he asks me these questions. He's like, yeah, we're going to put this together and show it during youth group. And he finishes recording, and he puts it down, and he just looks right at me, and he says, hey, why don't you come up to this student ministry? I think you'd have a lot of fun. And it was like just that. Something clicked. I just felt seen or valued or something. And I was 15, and I just was like, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. And so um, I went up to the youth ministry. I say up because it was upstairs. I went up there, and uh, I knew some kids in there. I didn't know that many. But they had a whole youth band, which I thought was so cool. I mean, it was like all high schoolers. There was a bass player and a guitar player, two guitar players, singers, no drummer, but an empty drum set just sitting there next to the stage. And I was like, okay, I got to do this. So I went up to, to Mark, and I said, hey, uh, I noticed you don't have a drummer. Can I, can I sit in? And he said, can you play drums? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't interpret it as a lie looking back. I view it as an aspirational statement. I can get there. I can get there. That's what I meant by that. Yeah, I can play the drums. I will be able to play the drums if you let me do this. So I, I, I sat in and I, I learned how to play. Um, and that was the hook for me. That, that was it. For the next three-plus years, every Sunday, every Wednesday night, I was there at church. I was getting involved in worship ministry, and in the process, my faith was growing. My relationship with God was becoming central. My gifts, my interests, my passions were beginning to intersect with the life of the church. And another important thing happened in that process is that my friends at church began to become my closest friends. Um, you know, and, and, and that I still liked and cared about and spent time with my other friends, um, at school and like in the neighborhood. But those friends in, in my case were starting to become involved in things that would not have been good for me to be involved with. 
and I just think it was part of God's uh, plan to kind of move me away from that crowd and, and invest in friendships within the church, and I'm so glad uh, that that happened um, because my other friends were really on paths that were not going to lead to a God-honoring life, and, or God certainly wasn't central um, in their life. Um, and so I was a part of this worship band, and my friends at church became my closest friends. Um, here's a picture of me and my friends, this worship band. That's me when I was a senior in high school. You might recognize someone else special in this picture. I'm talking, of course, about Grammy-nominated Christian artist Jason Ingram in the background there. No, I'm not. I'm talking about my wife, Ashley, who is in the front. That is her when she was 17, end of her junior year. That's how we met. She was a singer. I was the drummer, and that's how we got to know each other. Um, And my faith was just becoming my own. I, I was asking these questions. God was becoming the most important thing in my life. Um, here's a picture of my baptism. This is, uh, I was 17. This is Mark Saunders, the guy who roped me in to come upstairs, uh, baptizing me actually in our own backyard pool. This was a statement of me saying, my faith is my own. I believe this. I want this to be important in my life. Um, also baptized that day, my hemp necklace. Um, <laughs> so, the reason I'm telling you this story is that God, you know, he'd given me the gift of music, the passion for it, and he used this to draw me in. Um, he used people in my life. He used the church to draw me closer to himself. Uh, and I'm so thankful for that. And so students, I want to talk to you for a second. If your parents are encouraging you to deepen your relationship with God, to become more connected to church, to invest in your friendships with people at church, um, Listen to them. This is a good thing. I look back on my life, and this was a really important thing that my parents did. You will be glad if you listen to your parents in this regard. Now, this doesn't mean you write off your other friends or your other interests. Of course not. But God wants to be at the center of your life, and he wants you to be surrounded with people who God is the center of their life too. Uh, So you can encourage each other as you uh, walk in your life of faith. Parents, I want to encourage you, keep fighting the good fight. Keep doing this. Keep leading your kids toward Christ. You never know what that thing is going to be that hooks them in into a deeper relationship with God and uh, encounter with his church. Um, Model for them, model for your students what it looks like to make the life of the church central to your life. Um, And I do want to say this too. Uh, There may be students here um, you know, whose parents aren't really putting God at the center of their life. Um, And and you love God and you want to see God at the center of your life. And you might not have parents who are leading you that way. And I just want to tell you that God loves you and he wants to know you intimately. He wants you to know him. He wants you to grow in your relationship with him. And you, in connecting to the life of the church, could be in a position to really change the course of not only your life, your family's life. Because when I talked about these three blessings I started out in this life, you know, my parents loved the Lord, they loved each other, and they loved me. That wasn't, you go back a couple generations in my family, and that wasn't true. And there was somebody, like I can think of my grandmother, who was 12. Her parents wanted nothing to do with God or church, and yet she, through an encounter with a friend in a youth ministry, placed her faith in Christ. And that is part of my spiritual heritage. So, 
be encouraged that God can work in dramatic ways in your life, even if your parents aren't necessarily leading you in this way. And we, as a church family, want to come alongside you as you do that. So just for the last part of my message, um, we're going to leave the old pictures behind for the moment. We're going to retire the hemp necklace. It's over. You've seen enough of that. Um, I want to tell you about a song, uh, a song that I grew to love in these high school years. Um, I was a huge fan, still still am, um, of U2, uh, as evidenced by this ridiculously large U2 poster I had on my wall. Like, no one needs a poster that big. And there's me napping, also one of my favorite activities. Um, So I was a huge, huge fan of U2. And we would do this song in that youth ministry, in that youth band. We would do this song all the time called 40 by U2. And the song really spoke to me. I just, whenever I would see that it was on the list of songs we were going to play, I was like, yes, I love this song. And and something about the lyrics when I was a 15, 16-year-old, they just resonated with me. I knew nothing about the Bible really at that point, very little. I mean, you know, I knew kind of the big picture, but specifics, I didn't know much. And the lyrics to the, the song go like this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifts me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. I will sing a new song. How long to sing this song? He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. Many will see and hear I will sing a new song. And for some reason, that song I just felt spoke to me on like a soul level. And I later (laughs) discovered the reason why. It's called 40 because it's just Psalm 40. It's Psalm 40 set to music. You two did not write those lyrics. I had been singing scripture without even realizing it, along with one of my favorite bands. And so... This is a moment when I look back at my life where I feel like God's word really came alive in a personal way for me um, in the first time. Because I'm in high school, I'm thinking about the future, I'm thinking about my life, I'm thinking about my priorities. And so I want to quickly just walk through three verses of Psalm 40. That's it, just three verses. And I want to ask you two questions based on those three verses. So Psalm 40 starts out this way. I just read the U2 lyrics, they're basically the same. It says this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Now remember, those words meant a lot to me, especially the phrase, he turned to me. Because it just, it was like God sees me. I'm visible to him. He hears me when I cry for help and when I'm struggling. Um, It just gave me a sense of, God's love for me, his personal care for me, he turned to me. It continues, verse 2. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Now, these verses reminded me as a high schooler that even in all the problems I'm facing in life, uncertainty about the future, struggles, pains, whatever I'm going through, The Lord is a firm place to stand. That last phrase there. He's a firm place to stand. He's the rock I I can rely on, foundational. Um, I'm not going to be disappointed if I make God the foundation of my life. I remember thinking that in high school. He's not going to disappoint. 
Verse 3 says this. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. And this notion of a new song really spoke to me. It says he put a new song in my mouth. Um, you know, God's going to give me a new song to sing in life. And I like that idea. It's kind of a metaphor. The idea that my life is a song, something that I'm singing. And, and that's really what the Psalms are about, is life. You're, you know, you're singing about life and our struggles and turning to God in the midst of all kinds of things, singing about what matters most. And so I remember thinking, okay, he's going to put this new song in my mouth. He's, he's going to make my life about something. And these words led me to kind of ask myself two questions. And I think they're important questions for all of us to ask. The first question was, what song am I singing right now? Because he said, I'm going to put a new song in your mouth. So you're singing something. Your life is a song about something, to use the metaphor of the psalm. And then secondly, what song do I want to sing? What song am I singing right now, and what song do I want to sing? If my life is a song, if God's going to give me a new song, what is it that I want that song to be? In high school up to that point, uh, I think the song I'd been singing, you know, I'm not sure what the title would be, but it was a song about having all the right friends, making the best grades, achieving, getting into the best college so I can get the best job, make the most money, run in the right circles. It was about, you know, being successful, secure. That's the song I was singing. Um, maybe you've sung that song too, or you feel like you might be singing something like that now. Or maybe your life is a song about climbing the corporate ladder or discovering your best life or you know, just pursuing this certain relationship that you want to have or um, a certain level of financial wealth that you think will give you security or just having fun with friends. It's not too late to sing a new song wherever you are. God wants to put a new song in your mouth. And that's the key point I want to make sure we don't miss in verse 3 is it said this, He put a new song in my mouth. It's something God does. It's not us trying to just be a good person or a highly moral person or just follow the rules of the Bible and, you know, hopefully God will take notice of us. It's trusting. It says in the last words there, put their trust in him. It's trusting in who God is, that he loves us, that he wants to lead us in life. And, and it, as we do that, as we trust Jesus with our life, he will teach us to sing that new song. That's the picture here. And that new song is about his love and his sacrifice and finding life and purpose in Christ, finding joy and hope in him, an unimaginable hope in eternal life. God, in my life, used that song, 40, to make me think about the song I'd been singing and the song I wanted to sing, what my life had been about and what I wanted it to be about. And I wanted, my answer to the question is, I wanted the song of my life to be a song of trusting him and following him. 
I didn't know exactly what that would look like. I didn't know what job I would have yet. I didn't know anything about it. But I just knew that that's what I want it to sound like. The melody of my life, I want to be one of trust in God and following his, his um, purposes for my life. But I would need him to give me that song and teach me that song. And by God's grace, he did. Now, I'm still growing in that. I feel like there's still lyrics I'm learning. Uh, and sometimes I sing it out of tune or forget the lyrics or mishear the lyrics. Um, but he has put that new song in my mouth, and he wants to do that for each of us. Now, I do want to say some of you might be hearing me tell this story and hear the, you know, the words of this psalm, and, and you might be thinking, you know, I want to know God that way. I want my life to look like that. I, I want to sing that new song, but I don't know how to get there. You know, I've been singing this other song for so long that it's just hard to even know what else to do. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you that God loves you and he knows you better than you know yourself. And he wants to come into your life and change your life and put your life on a course that will lead to joy and peace and hope that can withstand even the ups and downs of life with all of its pain and uncertainty. And he wants to give you this new song. And so the way to do that, the way to begin this relationship with God is to place your trust in him, to place your faith in him, to ask Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins. And so if that's something you haven't done in your life, I want to encourage you to do that today. And, and, you know, you don't have to be a biblical scholar or theologian or know exactly what to say to God. It can be a very simple prayer of, you know, God, I want you to be the center of my life. Would you forgive me of my sins and save me and just lead me in my life? I trust you. It can be that simple. I mean, God knows our hearts. And so it isn't about dialing in the perfect wording like, uh-oh, if I didn't say it this exact way, God might not save me. He knows your heart, and he's actually been drawing you to himself if you feel this way. And so uh, I'm going to give y'all a few moments here in a second. Um, I have a, a really quick activity I'm going to have you do, a reflection activity. And so if you haven't prayed to invite Christ in your life, I would encourage you to use this time uh, to do that, to pray and ask him to come into your life and teach you this new song. Um, but for all of us, regardless of where you are, in your spiritual journey, I do have this activity. I'm going to pass around these sheets here. And I want us to take just a few minutes. And it's very simple. On this sheet, it's got the words of Psalm 40, verse 1 to 3 at the top. And it has two questions underneath it. What song am I singing right now? And what song do I want to sing? And I want you to just spend a few minutes thinking about that praying about it, make some notes. And uh, the band's going to come back out here and they're going to play a little bit while you do that. And uh, then I'm going to come back in a moment and, and kind of close this in prayer. So just take a few moments, think about this. What song am I singing? And what song do I want to sing? <laughs> 